The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. PlayStation. Greatness is always waiting. Welcome to the PlayStation Experience. As usual, it's me, Dad Ninja Dev, and I am joined today by my mellow, my man, Mr. Delvin Cox. How are you today? Hey, Dev. Hmm. Gotta go fast. <laughs> gotta go fast. Gotta eat chili dogs, buddy. Oh. Sonic is in theaters, baby. Yeah. For how can't, long? Can't believe this is a real thing. <laughs> I can. I'm surprised it took this long, honestly. It, it sounds made up. Like, I was to tell you, like, hey, guess what came out this week? And I say, Sonic the Hedgehog. You're like, what? What a horrifying image that first render was. Oh, yeah, it was bad. Yeah, that was pretty terrible. I'm glad they took that back to the drawing board. It oh, yeah. still looks weird, but it looks better than the other one. That's true. I mean, it's a hedgehog in, in shoes running around. How, how not weird could it look? Also, mm-hmm. making chili dog references and not eating them, apparently, from what I've heard. Ooh, not necessarily true. I've seen the mm-hmm. movie. Oh, you've seen it? Yes. And your thoughts? It's actually not bad. Congratulations, yeah. you weirdo. <laughs> my, my son. Not, okay, I was going to say, I was going to say, did you go with your children or were you the only grown man in the theater watching a Sonic movie? One, there was a lot of grown men in that theater. He like right. and two, I woke my kids. My, my son loves Sonic. My son and daughter love Sonic the Hedgehog. So as children do, they love hedgehogs. Yes. Don't yeah, ask me why. That that came out when me and Delvin were still in you know elementary. So uh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, I watched Sonic a lot when I was growing up. So I don't know where you're coming at with this elitist nonsense. No, I'm saying it's not weird that if you're a grown I, man, I, I'm just giving Sonic you crap. You grew up with it. I'm yeah, just giving that you crap. other voice you hear from the land of the inexpensive meds, known as Canada, is Miss Haley Nicole Miller. And how are you? False. <laughs> inexpensive meds are bony. bony. I do not. What? I was gonna. Bony? I was gonna say baloney, but I screwed up. Hi, everybody. <laughs> that sounds like a character from a, a PBS TV show. Uh, yeah, inexpensive hey, meds. Not, not so. You got your own catchphrase now. No, no, I do not. That is terrible. Take that back to the drawing board. Hey, kids, it's Bony. <laughs> Delvin Cox is gonna be slapped. Apparently, Bony's here, kids. Have you took your meds? <laughs> yeah, I feel like by the end of this podcast, I'm gonna want to slap Delvin because he's already taken it too far. <laughs> Take a number and get it alive. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. How's uh, how's everybody doing? Uh, 
I went to work last night, and then I came home, and I was dead. Exciting. Sounds about right. Riveting. Yeah. It's a riveting experience. Yeah. Work sucks, basically, is what she's trying to say. Pretty much. For everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, what's everybody been playing? Haley, let's start with you. Uh, SHD Network, now online. Uh, I got... Back into the Division 2 this week for something we'll talk about later. Um, and I also started replaying Spider-Man. Um, Spider-Man? Not, uh, not the like the main story, but I started going through the DLC again to mm-hmm. uh, 100% them. And I have to say, Insomniac, if you put those annoying screwball challenges in, in Spider-Man 2, we gonna have words. Screwball no. sucks. I haven't, I haven't played the DLC. I have it. I just haven't played it yet. I've been waiting for like a the good story time is play. good. The challenges in the DLC are annoying because the trophies related to them do not require you to just finish the challenge. They require you to get a specific score, as opposed to the main game trophy for challenges, which just requires you to complete them all. Um, the trophy in the trophies in the DLC require you to get the second level of score uh, for the challenges, and. Uh, those stealth challenges are real annoying. Um, so basically you're saying things that Delvin nor I will care about. I will say this. This is going to shock everybody in the room. I've actually platinum Spider-Man. Yeah. <gasps> I, I know he did. I know he did. Wow. I, ha- I have that platinum as well. I'm just trying to 100% it. Um, and then, you know, been continuing uh, GTA 5 for stream. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Haley Zarel. And... Um, we're up to just about ready to do the second heist. And um, also been playing that Apex Legends Battle Pass level 42. Wow. Apex done sucked you in. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, well, I mean, that's what happens when you get cool skins for Wraith. Best character. Don't at me. I have no idea who that is. Those who play well. I'm sure the person who tried to get us to answer how big a certain character's is will will know. <laughs> <laughs> Side note: I'm very glad that in the questions that were asked of us this week, there was none of that. Thank you. This step, is true. Step the game up. <laughs> Dev, what have you been playing before we get to Delvin and he just goes nonsensical? Well, uh, I rolled credits on Control. What'd so you think? I think I want to play part two. <laughs> Basically, like I rolled credits. I didn't. I didn't finish. I had no idea that I was that close to the end of it. I finished it, and then I still have all this side stuff that yeah. I could do. Some of the Double side like- stuff is really good. There's um, in the Panopticon. Did you do the the fridge? Yeah, I did that. Okay. Uh what about the area with the This is not a spoiler just before we go there cuz I'm not trying to spoil plot points or anything. I'm just trying to figure out which bosses you fought. Um which again is not a spoiler cuz I'm not spoiling story related stuff. Um the story in Control is way too weird for me to technically spoil it anyways. Uh what about the area with the clocks that just you know what I mean. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't fight that one. You okay, making me angry. So I said, "Screw you! I'll come uh-huh. back for you later." But I haven't gone back, and I don't think I will because 
after beating the game and ending that story, I'm like, I don't really feel any pull to come back and finish any of the side stuff. So hey, I'm how, just done with it. How about that DLC that comes out next month? If it's story based DLC, then I'll yeah, check it, out. it is story based DLC. It takes it... place uh, in the you know exactly what I'm talking about. There's an area that you go to while trying to find a specific character. Uh, right before you go to the ashtray maze. Uh, this character gives oh, you yeah yeah yeah, 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 um, while trying to find him, you end up going to like the foundation, um, of the oldest house and that's what the DLC is about. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'll play that if it's free, if it's paid, I'll probably be waiting. It's paid. And then there's, um, and then later this year, there's altered world events, which very excited for because the image for that also has Alan Wake in it. So mm, yeah, so I finished Control. I will go back when there's DLC. Um, it was cool. I enjoyed it. Um, I also I got that plat. See, using these trophies, shenanigan, shenanigan. What else did I play? I play. I jumped back into Far Cry Five mainly because GeForce Now, and I wanted to see how well that ran. And then I realized how much I love Far Cry Five. So I just started playing that. I also have that plot. Still playing Tomb Raider. I, I, Tomb Raider. I, I also have the Far Cry 5 plot. I couldn't even tell you what the trophies are in that game. <laughs> I'll just tell you the fishing one was annoying. I would never fish in that game. I just want to shoot, shoot Peggy's in the head and call it a day. Hey, with the bow. No, no, nothing wrong with that. Bow is best weapon in that game. Bow is Ex- so nice in that game. Explos- oh, explosive weapon, explosive bolts for the win. No, it makes too much noise. No, it's too much noise. I'm all about the stealth. No, I don't no, even, no. Want, I don't even tr- want you to know I was here. You yeah. know, there. I I know that you. I'm assuming you played on Steam, right? No. Or you play? You play in uh, Xbox. Okay. Does actually. you play at built-in achievements or no? I have no, no idea. I know you don't care. I'm just asking for reference. I think it does. I honestly there, have no idea. Okay, because there's a trophy on the PlayStation to like take down an, a helicopter um, at like 150 meters or something with a with a scoped weapon. So if you add like the marksman sight or whatever to the bow, it counts. And so taking the helicopter down from 150 meters with an explosive arrow is really satisfying. Is that called the Rambo Trophy? I was just going to say that. <laughs> no, it's called Ghost, and I don't understand what the reference is there, because it doesn't make any sense. That's not stealthy at all. You took a helicopter out of the sky. <laughs> With the scoped weapon, which typically is a stealth type of thing, so that makes sense. Well, I mean, generally, if you don't put a silencer on it, the scoped weapon makes a very loud noise. It does, but if you're a sniper, nobody ever saw you coming. Fair. Anywho, that's what the trophy's called, and it was an, it was annoying but satisfying to get. The fishing trophy was the most annoying because you had to catch out one of every type of fish. Aren't there a bunch of co-op trophies too? Uh, there was one co-op trophy, and it's literally Ugh. to just do three uh three side activities with them. Since, by the way, I don't understand this, and I know that you two don't care about trophies, but nope. if you make a game fully co-opable. Make the trophies earnable in co-op, because playing the story with a friend is fun, except when, oh, neither of you can earn the completion trophy for them. It's like, hey, finish this mission, solo only. What's the point of having co-op, then? For those of us who suck at games and need somebody to pull us along? Only, yeah, that's annoying. (laughs) That's annoying. 
If you're gonna make a game fully co-opable, make all the trophies earnable in co-op. There we go. That's that's that what does, I'm saying. That does make sense. That does make a lot of sense. Unless, of course, you know, they're just pulling you along and you're not doing anything but just following and then you have all the trophies. Well, I mean, if you're both doing equal achievement, like equal participation, and none of you can earn the trophies, that's a bit annoying. Yeah. That's gonna get to go on that uh, that pile of things I'm not too worried about, but I understand your plight. I see where you're coming from. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> at least, the, at least they fixed that issue sort of in New Dawn with the expeditions, so that's nice. Does that have a platinum too? It, it, it does, but I don't have that platinum because one of the trophies glitched on me. So shame. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Can't believe you. How That's dare why you I get that platinum? Collecting trophies. I mean, to be fair, I don't think you can blame me for a glitched trophy. Yes, we can. No, yep. you cannot. That's not how that <laughs> you're works. The, you're the platinum princess, so we you, can. You, you, yeah. you can you can develop you you can blame the developers, but you can't blame me. Anywho, uh, is that all you've been playing, Dev? Pretty much, pretty much. And uh, glitched trophies is why I no longer even try to collect them. Mm. Assassin's Creed Two. I still hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Delvin, uh, what have you been playing, sir? Yeah, there you go. Finally, by God's grace, I finally finished Death Stranding. Oh Slap, my Slap. God! the The last quarter of this game, the way they stretched this game out, it should be commended. <laughs> like these last four chapters could probably be, and should probably be finished within an hour. Kojima they, says hi. <laughs> and they make it a four hour long endeavor it's like mm. oh my god why did you make this so long and so unnecessary so that kind of part the ending of the game is great but it's the fact that they made you have to like they stretched it out so long is so annoying and, and some of the design choices they made kind of irks me a lot like in terms of like I'll give you one this is not a story spoiler or anything like that but everybody knows that one of the things in Death Stranding is you have to build roads and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah, across America and stuff like that to connect this network. So, basically, when you get to the last leg of the game, because you you probably heard this before because every website talks about this. You have to, once you get all across the country, you have to go back to the beginning of, of, the, of where you started at. So, on paper, this idea is like, if on paper, this sounds, okay, this is fine because you build all these roads and stuff like that, so it should be an easy ride back back to where you started at. No, <laughs> they tell you they once this once you get ready to go to this last mission, they basically tell you, oh, all those roads you built, they've been destroyed. <laughs> so you have to basically go the whole way back, and this is almost like an hour and a half, two hour endeavor of just going from one point of the map to the other side of the map. And it's super annoying. And then, when you get to almost there, something happens, and it pulls you back to the halfway through the map again. So you have to almost do it again. Kojima says hi. Yeah. (laughs) And and, and the thing about it, this, the the end of the game is great. It's really cool. And then the way they tie things up is really cool. But it felt like they gave you a lot of unnecessary work at the end, it felt like, damn, you didn't have to do this. You could have just gave us these boss encounters and made this kind of four-hour trek an hour and a half, two hours, it'd been perfect. 
Kojima says hi. This is the man who wanted to make a three-day-long boss fight. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah, it's that part was frustrating. I think the end of the story tied up nicely and things like that. It's still a great game, but it's just that last leg. And it's just luck. The only thing that stopped him was Konami going, no, you cannot make people f- endure a three-day-long boss fight. People have lives. People might die. <laughs> We're playing a game <laughs> for three days straight. Of course, not that Konami is like the greatest re- response to this, but like Kojima unstopped is like, let me just do what I want. I'll make a four day long boss fight just well, to spite Konami. Well, since that, you that, brought it that up, is Kojima untapped. This is a, this is a good point to, to talk about for a quick minute. Um, do you think game developers should have somebody sitting there telling them, like, hey, maybe you shouldn't do that? Or advisor or thing like maybe whether it's Sony or whether it's Konami just saying, hey, you can't do this. This is not a good idea. To kind of rein people in with, they, with some of their ideas. Depends on the context. Are we talking like four day long boss fights or suits telling them, hey, you can't use this violent imagery or whatnot? Either or. Either or. I'm not just saying, I'm just saying in general. Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be as extreme as a four day boss fight, but. See, I'd like to say no, but then we get to people like Kojima who kind of need that voice in their ear going, hey, this doesn't make sense, or hey, um, a four day long boss fight is not viable. But when it comes to other things, I don't want that interference. Like, I wouldn't want someone interfering in Naughty Dog games. So it's a double-edged sword, right? Because if one person has it, the entire industry would likely have it. And then games as we know them would change. Because um, just before we started recording, I don't know if you saw my retweet, either of you. Um, someone posted a clip of uh, what looks like from The Last of Us 2. Or I shouldn't say it looks like. It is from The Last of Us Part 2. It's Ellie modifying her weapons, and someone's like, man, this this looks so good, and I wouldn't want someone telling Naughty Dog they couldn't do that, because like it's an actual animation of her actually modifying the weapons, as opposed to what happened in The Last of Us 1, where it's just, hey, this is what you want for the weapon, and boom, now it's there. I think it's more of a checks and balances. I don't think yeah. it would be something as simple as like changing an animation. It's more about like design and story. And what, how much, you know, how far you go in the game or how crazy something can get. And I think that every developer has some kind of checks and balances where they're bouncing ideas off each other. And it's like, yeah, we probably shouldn't do this because it's going to take too much, too long to do or too many resources or whatnot. But I do think that it is something that every industry needs and every industry has. I don't, I, you can't just let people run wild. Otherwise, you may never get anything done. Yeah. That is a good point, because if if they don't have checks and balances, then you run into feature creep, which for those who aren't in the know, uh, feature creep is when developers have no one telling them what not to put in the game. They just keep adding Mm -hmm. features and adding features and adding features. I did not support this game, but it's the perfect example. Uh, Star Citizen, looking at you, buddy. Looking at you. Yeah. Um, I think it's funny. I don't know if anybody else watches Angry Joe, but watching him toss his silver-plated uh, Star Citizen backer card on the floor all the time when he brings it up is just hilarious. Because <laughs> those who backed the game got like a little platinum card or what like, like an actual thing that says they backed it, and he just goes, yeah, this game's never coming out, and just tosses the card on the ground all the time. <laughs> 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 it's, uh, it's really funny. Um... He's he's a great like he does great news videos and stuff like that. So, um, but no, it's just 
Because sometimes you run into feature creep. Like, uh, this is a game that actually just recently got de- delayed that I'm very excited for. And I really hope is still coming out this year. But probably, like, later than spring, obviously. I'm sure we'll find out at E3. Um, but, uh, Dying Light, like, the developers of Dying Light, Techland, always mm-hmm. said that they could never do Dying Light 2 because the current generation of consoles didn't have everything they wanted. And that alludes to feature creep. And, of course, now Dying Light 2 has been pushed back. So, I'm assuming it's probably a launch title for the PS5 and the Xbox Series X now. Is it feature creep or could it just be being held by, by technology? I don't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily put that in, in with feature creep. I would I think know. that's more of a technology uh, holding them back. Like they can probably do certain things on PC uh, physics wise or animation wise that they may not have been able to do on the consoles due to lack of processing power or memory or whatnot. That would be my thought. Alright, so anything else you've been playing other than that, uh, their Death Stranding, Delvin? Not really. I, like I said, I went to go see Sonic movie, which is, was cool. Is, is Delvin going to go for that Death Stranding plot? I'm at 70% now, but I'm not doing that. Alright. Um, but Yeah, I went to go see Sonic movie, the movie with my kids. I think it's a pretty good movie. I feel like if you're a... This is for everybody out there. If you're a parent and you want to see a movie that's tolerable with your kids... That's not going to drive you absolutely crazy because there's so many bad kids movies out there. Sonic, Go see Sonic Birds of Prey. No, Birds of Prey is not. That Go movie. see Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey is definitely not a movie you want to go see with your kids. I will say it that. It is, though. It and is. I have seen Birds of Prey with my kids. But your it, kids are enough to Pl- appreciate that. Please, yes, please go see Birds of Prey. <laughs> go take your kids to see Sonic. Go yeah. see Birds of Prey. Super Sonic. Not taking my four-year-old to see Birds of Prey. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> that is a bad idea. A really <laughs> bad idea. <laughs> like, Go see Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey is a good movie, but don't take your kids to see it. Sonic is pretty entertaining, and surprisingly, if you Sonic seen threw it yet, people off a building. What are you talking about? <laughs> Do you see them go splat? No. But, um, surprisingly, this movie had the after credit scene. And no, I wouldn't have guessed that a, a movie that's a video game would not try to set up a sequel. I mean, oh, Resident, Resident Evil movies did it so well. Yeah, but this one. And look I, how many sequels they got. I will kid you not, which I didn't expect. The after credit scene for this movie made the theater erupt. Nice. Enjoy. I already know what it is because nice. the, like, internet, cause the internet can't keep their mouth shut. We don't, not gonna, don't spoil it for people. Right. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil it for people. I haven't seen the movie. I don't know yeah. if I'm right. I just know that people are talking about it online. Yeah. I'm not you you got to find it. the right stuff to block so you can stop being spoiled by all the people. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, if you block things out, then you never get good stories. So I blocked plenty of stuff. Also, it doesn't help that when I went to go grab a story for our news thing this week, it was the top rated story on GameSpot. What, the mm. Sonic spoiler? Yeah. Yeah, it's a big spoiler. Like, people, the, the people, like I said, the theater erupted. It was as loud as I, like, in a, like an Avengers end credit scene. I was shocked. Nice. <laughs> nice. Looks On like your that, left. Uh, take them taking it back to the drawing board did a, did a really good job there and got people yeah. excited about it. That's nice. Oh, uh, uh, come on. Nobody got, nobody noticed. Okay. Wow. Thanks, guys. I said Wait. on your left and everybody just blocked. 
right past it. We didn't hear you. Oh, you were on the it. mic. <laughs> I didn't even hear it. <laughs> Look, Haley. You got to get closer to the mic, all right? I am sitting close to the mic. You got to you gotta make get. a left to this mic, all right? <laughs> See? Uh... No. <laughs> that has a completely different context than you think it does. That's not happening. Go. Constantly make love to this mic. That's why it's good to us. No. no. And also, I can't get any closer to the mic because then it's off the table and in my lap. So. Hey. Might give you a lap dance. That's not a problem. Uh, <laughs> all right, Kev, I think it's time to apply for that explicit label. Because, uh, nah, there wasn't anything explicit there. There was no vulgar words. So, Ke- Kevin's gonna kill us. So, <laughs> Kevin doesn't even, listen to this. He doesn't even listen to this. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I feel like Donnie's gonna kill us at some point. I, I think that, Donnie that might enjoys happen. the shenanigans. Donnie enjoys Oh, oh I, I know he enjoys the shenanigans. I just feel like in, in, in spite of that, he'd still kill us at some point. Alright, moving right along. We asked for questions, and we got a couple. So let's get into it. So, speaking of Kevin, he asks, You gotta design a game in Dreams, themed after PSVG. What would it be? And he adds the hashtag experience inquiry. I like what you did there, Kev. I see you, and I like. It. So, um, if you had to design a game and dreams to the PSVG, what would it be, Delvin? All right, I have two to come to mind, but I will give one. I would make a fake Fast and Furious type game. Mm-hmm. With us as the main characters. Oh, God. Very on brand. Very on brand. That's good yes. stuff. Yes. And it will be utterly ridiculous. And yes, there will be a part of the game where we can, like, uh, hang glide with a car or some crap like that. Or, <laughs> or, or jump Tarz- from building to building. Or Tarzan. Tarz- a car. Tarzan a car. Yes. Nice. Nice. If you guys haven't heard our DLC exhausted with Fast and the Furious, check that out. Great Still time. forever sad I'm not part of this. Sucks oh. to be you. <laughs> also. <laughs> Again, finna throw hands with Delvin Cox. <laughs> you said you had two two ideas, two thoughts yeah, the, there? The other one is, um, I like, not a, like, what is it, like a city simulator game? But instead oh. of like um, city simulator, it would be a podcast simulator. Oh, nice. Where we can take the members of PSVG and put them in different podcasts and, and based off like um to see who gets the most listens and things like that and you're building your podcast audience. Podcast Empire. Nice. Yes. <laughs> That's a great name for it. That's dope. <laughs> what about you, Haley? What would you what would you create in dreams? Uh well, first of all, I would put Donnie as the main character in a horror game. Okay. Until and Donnie. That's all I got. Because <laughs> I know Donnie would love that. Donnie loves horror movies. He absolutely does. I hope somebody redesigns PT like super perfect. I mean, they they just did to make him they, mad. They did. I mean, like perfectly. No, no, no. It it like perfectly. It is already in there. My yeah, uh, Donnie, Miles PT. Miles from Rooster Teeth. I don't know if anybody knows who I'm talking about, but essentially the lead, one of the like the lead writers on Ruby posted it, and like somebody has already perfectly recreated it in Dreams. Oh, yeah, man. check that out. 
Donnie, you gotta get dreams. It's got all your dreams in there. I feel like Donnie's. Gonna, I feel like Donnie's gonna kill you if you mention that he needs to get dreams one more time because he's already Donnie, angry. <laughs> you gotta. Well, actually, you know, he can just use Kevin's copy, but uh, yeah, you gotta play dreams. Yeah. Everything you want is in that is in dreams, and if you don't, you know, if you can't find it, just just make it happen. Just build it. If you build it, they will come. Facts. What I would do is I would make something like Jumanji. That's a good idea. Yeah, we you would you would basically just be teleported in. <laughs> now hold on, hold on, of, hold on. Us. <laughs> Wait, which Jumanji are we talking here? The reboot. Uh, the, the the reboot. Okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but the original Jumanji does not hold up anymore. I'm not saying it's bad before anybody gets mad at me. Uh, Robin Williams is a treasure. R.I.P. But uh, the the new ones are are a lot easier to watch now. Uh, no. Yes. That's, I'm just gonna leave it there. Just, no. No. <laughs> yeah. Alright, next question from... Ed wow, Pino. we just skipped it right over that, huh? <laughs> With the recent reports from Bloomberg, the price of the PS4 might be coming in at $500, or even more. Do you think the console gaming customer is ready to see consoles over 500 or are we seeing the PS3 all over again? I I uh, I I got something to say here. It's fiscal suicide if they go over five hundred. I'm sorry, but the market has not bounced back enough from uh from uh the PS3. Uh, it is career suicide. I uh, I but to put it more lightly, it's fiscal suicide, and uh, that's a losing battle. Uh, even if the reports of the console being like four hundred fifty dollars to manufacture. They're either going to launch close to that or at 500 because there's no way they're going 600 and Microsoft's not doing it either. So it's actual suicide to do that. Um, now the difference being is of course, Xbox is rumored cause we still know nothing about it, but there's rumored to be the, sm- the smaller priced model. That's the only way they would get away with doing it. But Sony's only coming out with one model at launch and we know yeah, that. We kn- do we know that for, for, for fact? Yes. I don't think we know anything for fact, to be perfectly honest. They haven't said much. We just know there's a system coming. There could be more than one system coming. Yeah, I don't think there we is, have though. no idea. I don't think there is. Because Sony won't tell us anything yet. Bastard. Oh, I yeah. By the, by the way, for, before we go any further, for those who are hoping, that February event's not happening. It's not happening. Yeah, this February yeah, it, it, February is almost over. Yeah. Uh, sorry, people. They're not revealing it in February. Yeah. I gotta say this. I think... Uh, hashtag Greg Miller was right. Well, that's obvious. <laughs> but um, I think um, de- making the system $600 is a big, a big problem. I think it's because people kind of forget oftentimes that these systems are not only being bought by gamers. Mm-hmm. They're being bought by kids as well. It's a lot easier to sell a console to a 10-year-old, 8-year-old kid at $400 as opposed to $600. So when you got parents sitting there thinking about buying consoles for kids and they see this $600 price tag, they're gonna, nine times out of 10, they're going to say, no, nah, we're not doing that. PlayStation didn't get to the amount of consoles they sold because it was expensive. It got to it because one of the reasons why it kind of toppled Xbox in such a dramatic fashion is because kids were able to buy it because it was only $400 as opposed to $500. 
a lot of parents look at that type of stuff when they're buying things for their kids. They're looking at like even the kids like, hey, I want an Xbox One. They're gonna like, well, the PS4 is cheaper, so you want to get that instead? Okay. And that's how a lot of times it happens. And I think if they go in with both of them going with six hundred dollar consoles, what's gonna end up happening is a lot of parents are gonna just be like, you know what, we'll just buy switches instead. And they're gonna go out the gates limping. Because that's a price. I don't think people are ready. Maybe hardcore gamers are ready to pay that six hundred dollar price tag, but the casual gamer and like more more or less so kids are not gonna get that six hundred dollar system because like I said, it's a lot of money. And parents don't want to spend that money on systems that sometimes kids break them. Not to mention, if you're buying a system at 600 and you want to buy some new games for it, you're just jacking your price up even more. Yes. Yeah, I I don't think the end. Yeah, I just don't think anything over 500 is a good is a good idea. Um, I think 500 it'll be fine. It'll be palatable. Yeah. People will be upset, but they'll still pay that price for it. I think that. Uh, people I mean, are that's kind of that's what I was figuring to spend for, for it, anyways. Yeah, I think people have been tempered to think that consoles will be around five hundred. So if they were to do that, I don't think it would be a killer. Um, but anything above that, I think it, it would just be, it would be suicide. Yeah, I, I don't think you'd sell very many consoles at a six hundred dollar price point at all. I think that people would wait, especially, you know, if a lot of the games coming out are going to be, you know, cross compatible. I think people would be like, well, I'll just get it on PS4 until the price drop happens. I mean, 600 is way too much to be trying to spend on a console just in the current, you know, state of everything. I think they really probably if they really want to, you know, just start selling like like gangbusters. Just eat, eat eat some of the costs at launch until the price of the components come down. If yeah, you can get which, if you can sell a console well, at four hundred, you're gonna make a killing. Which is for reference, Sony ate for the first year of the PS4, they ate the development costs. The way they launched no. it. They they, they actually uh, made a profit on the yeah, uh, hold on like twenty. Hold bucks. on. Yeah, you didn't let me finish. I was getting there. They ate most of the development costs and made a profit of twenty dollars on each console. Which it's is still a profit compared it, to any other any other yes. consoles? Always a it's always a loser. So the be able the fact that they were able to make anything on the console was yeah. a plus. Yes, but yeah. again, that's by eating most of the development costs. Making twenty dollars is still better than making one hundred and fifty and having your console be super expensive and not selling a lot. So yeah, I think they just gotta play it wisely, play it smart in this yep. situation, and not blow their load because we're, we're honestly talking about a console that we really don't even know what games are coming out for it yet. We got, what, one one game for sure? I think there's... I want to say two. Well, we know about Godfall. Godfall, and is there another one? I know the rumors are that it's going to be a, a Ratchet and Clank game, but... Yeah, uh, that yeah, rumor, there's... by the way, has been stated, like, has been... I shouldn't say... Debunked. I shouldn't... No, no, no. No, it hasn't. Um... Uh, this is not like the the way they got their information is super weird, and the fact that this is a whole different topic, so I'll I'll be super short on it. But like the way the industry will quote quote Colin Moriarty when it suits them, but then diss him in the next sentence is really annoying. Uh, because Colin has been saying this for years that there's been another Ratchet and Clank in development. Like that's coming. We know it's coming. I just don't know when, 
and the different the question being is whether it's on PS4 or 5. We don't know that, but Colin has been saying for years it's been there, and then to see all these sites now pick this up and go, hey, this is coming, courtesy of Colin Moriarty, and then diss him two sentences later in the same article. It's like, pick and choose. Don't do this. Like, it's it's really annoying. Um, it's, it's funny. But that's, that's the only thing we know of, really. Like, um, there's the again... The only other game that I'd say I've seen that is actually stated PS5 was Outriders. Yes, okay. I, that's what I was trying to think of. I knew there was another one, but just like going going there as well. The, actually, the gameplay for that looks really cool. So I agree. I agree. So yeah, Donnie, uh, anything above five hundred is just too much to answer your question. All right. So uh, next question, Mister Mister R Jaffrey. I can't even pronounce that. M J M Miss M R J A F R. Mister Jaffrey. There you go. I can't read it's early uh has the youtube video showing people playing games helped or hurt the industry does it add to the experience or does it take away from people playing and making them spectators uh personally i think it adds to the industry because for example um this is a this is a totally thing uh i don't have a switch right like i'm working on it i'm gonna get one but at the moment, I don't have a Switch. So to participate in the Nintendo conversation, I will watch people stream Nintendo games. Uh, big uh, big shout out to uh, Shellshock. Donnie did that earlier. So mm-hmm. just doing it here. Yeah. Uh, like He's someone who streams Nintendo games, right? And then uh, this is a bigger streamer who doesn't exactly need the, str- the shout out. But it's one that I watch all the time. Uh, he used to work at Achievement Hunter. His name is Ray Narvaez Jr. And... He has the most unfortunate Twitch name I have ever seen. You ready for this? Because this is going to sound bad out of context. Brown Man. That's, <laughs> that's his Twitch name, is Brown Man. Uh, Mr. Ray Narvaez Jr. Uh, he, right now, is heavily streaming. Well, he just started Bioshock 2 yesterday, but he, like, he's been heavily streaming Pokemon, and I'll watch that because I can't play it, right? So, um, it adds. Uh, personally... And then he'll upload his streams to YouTube, right? So, personally, I don't always get the chance to catch them live. So, being able to watch his streams on YouTube is great. And also, it's free marketing for the developers. Like, it... I know they'll still spend loads on marketing. But you're going to earn free advertisement just by letting people do upload gameplay with commentary or without commentary. Right? Like, it... To some people, it definitely seems like you're just making spectators. But if you were never going to play the game anyways, or you don't have the option to play the game, being able to watch and still be part of the conversation is pretty pretty advantageous. Yeah. I think for the generation that we're in, the AK YouTube generation, I think it definitely helps the industry as it just gets video games out in front of people. I personally, I don't watch YouTube. I don't watch a whole lot of streams. It's just not how I grew up, and it's just not something that I'm really big into. I am 99% more, more likely to read an article about a game than I am to watch somebody play it or to watch a YouTube video. It's just the way I'm white. But in this day and age, I think people are more inclined to watch videos of stuff. So I think that people being able to just bring up a YouTube video about a game they want to play, like I can't tell you how many times I've talked to my coworkers and they're like, yeah, I'm just going to watch a YouTube video and see if I want to get it or not. Um, I think it definitely helps because people are able to get a little bit more insight into the games and decide if they actually want to jump into that game or play it. 
Um, so I think it definitely helps the industry. I think you, you make you make some people spectators because it may be a game that they'd rather just watch and see how it goes. But at least you're still getting those views and that marketing for the game because they may tell their friend, hey, I was watching this game. You might like it. So you might want to play this game. So I think that it definitely helps the industry more than taking away from it. Um, I think it's a double-edged short. I think that it's great when you have games like um, Five Nights at Freddy that were kind of relatively unknown game that kind of blew up because of people watching Let's Plays of that game and things like that. I think that's cool. But then you look at the other side of it where you have games like Until Dawn and and the Telltale games where people just watch the whole game on YouTube and they don't play by the game. I think that's kind of a problem. But overall, I think it's been a good thing for video it, games. Is it like a that. problem, though? Because if they want to watch the game, were they ever going to buy it, and, it on their own anyways? Some people watch Until Dawn as a horror movie. Like, there's a whole edited, like, video on YouTube. And this is not uploaded by a streamer or whatever. It's just some random guy on YouTube who clipped all, like, the choice scenes together as one movie. And then there's the other choices here. And, like, there's an everyone lives and everyone dies sort of thing. Not spoiling Until Dawn, by the way. It's a game where you make choices and things happen. It's also a horror game. So I'm sure people knew that, you know, there's a chance people could die. Um, but like those videos there, I'm, I'm assuming like if they're, if you're going to go watch until dawn, I'm pretty sure they weren't going to play it in the first place until for no, yeah, that's the whole thing. Because you think about like before there was YouTube, there was the playground. Like you talked about it, you got hyped about it and then you went and bought it just based off word of mouth. Yeah. But I don't know. It's, I don't see it as a double-edged sword. It's free marketing. It helps those who may not be able to afford the console. Or or the game. I this is a straw man's argument with Until Dawn now. Please play Until Dawn because you can find it for like ten, fifteen bucks all the yeah. time now. Oh, um, you had it for free on PS Plus. Well, you could have gotten it for free on PS Plus. Plus, you cannot anymore. Um, <laughs> add your games every month, people. Add yes, your games even month. if you're not gonna play them, please add your games because then you can go back and play them when you want to. Um, but no, like. It's it's super helpful to those who either don't have the console or can't afford to get the console or maybe it's a one console household and maybe they have the Xbox One or the Switch or whatever. Being able to still be in that conversation is super helpful. Yeah. Yeah, it is, but like I said, it's it's also when you have full playthrough of games, that takes away from the developers who want you to buy the game. Oh, and I think, and that's- oh Dev, hold on, Delvin. No, buddy, no. That uh, that number five there. We answer in that one, no. or what was number five? No. We're, yes. We're, we're moving along yeah. Here. No. 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 You. You. You just did this on purpose. No. For the sake of time. Talk. We're moving along. I don't know what you talking about. Like, I, I, do you not have the show notes open, sir? <laughs> no, because I was saying my point about the game, and y'all just completely interrupted it. Yeah. So continue your thought, Delvin. No. <laughs> what I was saying was. That um, now nah, see, I lost my thought. But oh, I know mean, I was saying that a lot of, lot of. That's one of the reasons why a lot of developers, which I don't agree with at all, literally block out sections of their game. Like, yeah. no, we don't want you to see that. We don't want you in certain cases. Like, um, I think it's um Atlas with mm-hmm. the Persona games. They block it out completely. Where no, you cannot stream this game at all. Okay, but hold on, hold on. Where is Atlas located? Japan. There you go. That's the problem. 
Not what, necessarily. Like, I, don't even, I don't even know what that even means. That's. Uh, let me finish before <laughs> you go off. On. <laughs> yeah, I am going to clarify it because Atlas America has said they're totally fine with people streaming Persona, but Atlas Japan goes, nah, uh-uh, you're not doing that. It's. Japan has not caught up to the way that marketing and YouTube and stuff like that works all the time. It's the same reason why Nintendo has their stupid creator program on, on YouTube. Where hey, we'll take seventy percent of your profits and you get thirty. And well, see, that's that's a whole different conversation. And if the creators of the game don't want you streaming the game, then what can you really do? Uh, I mean, that depends. If they've built in streaming features to block the game, sure. But it, like in the case of me trying to stream Bioshock, uh, the collection on PlayStation, and it going just being a blue screen. But if I get a capture card and stream it that way, the game's totally fine. So it all depends. Is it built in to block the the in-game streaming feature? Or is it just, hey, we don't want you streaming past this part? Because after a certain point, I think spoilers in general are fine. And even then, uh, it's like, it doesn't really matter. Like, that stuff's going to get out there anyways. Whether it's a video on YouTube or someone streaming it. It's got to get out there. If they can control it, then they're going to try and control it from time to time. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with it. I think, you know, if they don't want to have their game out there or spoilers, they want people to actually play and experience it other than watching it on YouTube. That's 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 their prerogative. It's if their, I wasn't going to play your game anyways but wanted to watch it, then what's the difference? If they don't want that to happen, they don't want it to happen. It's well, their, it'll it's happen technically, somewhere. Technically, it's their artistic property, their IP. <laughs> And if yeah. they want you to be able to consume it but through playing it instead of watching it, then that's their prerogative. I'm not playing that weeb nonsense, but I'll watch it. <laughs> but then that's still <laughs> that's not fair to them because they worked hard and hours on making that content. They should have some say so in whether we can watch no, it they should. or not. I'm sorry, they shouldn't. Um that's a whole that's other they, conversation that's why they for another sell time. Video games. But um if if someone who is watching the stream decides, hey, I'm gonna go buy this to play it, guess what? Not only did they get free advertising, they got a sale out of it too, so I don't see the argument. That is true, but like I said, that's it why it's a double edged sword. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you can fall on either side of it. And I remember there was a time when Nintendo was really strict about that. They were like, nah, mm-hmm. we don't want you showing none of our stuff at all. Uh, Delvin, I, ju- I just brought this up with the Nintendo Creator Program. No, but they were worse than that. Before that Creator Program dropped, they were like, no, not at all. They were doing takedown. They were that Nintendo started because down. people got mad at them for issuing takedowns. Yeah. It was really bad when Nintendo at one point, and now they're kind of easing up on it a little bit, but still. Also, I will forever be salty that Dave Dev just saved these two questions we have left. Next week. So it's, it's okay. That's why we got a hold next week. It's all good. It's all good. But I want right. to answer them now. You can answer them on Twitter if you want, and then we'll we'll, we'll rediscuss them again next week. No, I won't answer them on Twitter. <laughs> Save it for the pod, as Donnie would say. Yeah. Okay. Moving along. It's time to get to some news of the week. So, well, we don't we want to have know. another longest show ever. That was funny no. seeing the title for last week's show. Oh man, yeah, that and you know, people got stuff to do. So, first, the first story we have is uh, we all know Sony is skipping E3. Yep. However, Sony is bringing a lot of its big guns to PAX East. 
this month. At the end of this month, actually. I believe it is February like 26th through March 1st, something like that. You've got PAX uh, East. Yeah, I think so, because didn't Naughty Dog say that Last of Us Part 2 will be playable for yes. the 28th? Yep, so the list of the, the playable titles that they are bringing to PAX East. You've got Below, Cloudpunk, Doom Eternal, Dreams, Final Fantasy VII Remake, The Genshin Product, or Impact, uh, Gorn, Haven, Last of Us Part Two. Iron Man VR, MLB The Show 20, Mosaic, Moving Out, Neo 2, One Punch Man, a hero nobody knows. That's for you, Haley, your weeb nonsense. Paper Beast, Persona Hold 5 on. Royal. Hold on, just going to stop you right there. <laughs> Get oh that weeb nonsense out of here. <laughs> Pixel Rip 1995, Predator Hunting Grounds, Remnant from the Ashes, The Room VR, Space Channel 5, Spelunky, Trials of Mana, and Zombie Army 4, Dead War. Now... These are things that you would normally see. Okay, hold on. Like, Zombie like, Army Dead War? Yep. Didn't that just come out? It like did, it, but it literally just came out. Why is it going to PAX? Because you can get more people playing it and maybe more people will buy it. Alright, that's a fair. That's not... I mean, you've got some pretty big hitters here in, you know, the Final Fantasy VII Remake, Last of Us Part Two, the MLB which, The Show game, which, by the way, Royal, and Predator Hunting Grounds. Yeah. Um, these are things that you would normally just, if they're not out yet, you would expect to see at like an E3, but Sony mm-hmm. is just like, mm, we got them now. Go ahead and I, play them here at PAX. I think my favorite thing, by the way, is everyone's speculating, oh, if they can play it at PAX, we're going to get a nice demo of The Last of Us Part Two. No. That's yeah. not happening. You're That's you're not, not you're not getting that code on your system now because people will extrapolate it somehow or like debug it and find stuff that they don't want spoiled. You're not getting that demo. Yeah, Sorry guys. Uh you've only got three months to wait by the time you can start playing this, so Yeah. It's just interesting to see that they would bring all of this stuff to, you know, packs and just E3, you know, it's just... You know, Sony hate. Away and they're like, nah, we're good. <laughs> we'll call it what it is. Sony straight hate. Sony like, is not hating. Sony is making smart like, business nah. decisions. I mean, it's just like... It's interesting because it, I've been saying it for a while now. Like, E3 just... It's just not as necessary anymore. I know. I think, I think my favorite really thing was, ever, was everyone freaking out this week when Jeff Keighley announced he's not going to E3 either. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it needs to change. Like, you don't need to have the expo to show news. Like, I understand that, like, everybody likes, oh, we've got this whole week. It's like our Super Bowl, blase, blase, blase. But just the industry has changed. Like, the way we consume information has changed. There's no need for us to have to wait until June if we have the info now. And then, kind of like the way Sony didn't do E3 last year, they had nothing to show. So why would we go there and just show the same seven games that we've shown in the last, like, two years? If we've I'm, got nothing to show there, then there's no need for us to be there, and then we can show things when we're ready. I'm and very think- intrigued, by the way, uh, because, again, E3, the, the, their website is horribly secured. Uh, for those who aren't aware, they managed to leak uh, what developers would be at uh, Hello Fifth Chair. Um <laughs> <laughs> um, they managed to leak what developers would be at E3 uh, before they ended up password protecting that image on the site. Um, and then, uh, hold, sorry, it's very distracting seeing this fifth chair walk in and out of the image. I, I think it's just. Um, <laughs> uh, no, hold on, hold on. I got it. I got it. Sorry, I just 
I needed a moment to refocus my my image. Uh, no, it's um, they they password protected it after people had already seen, and uh, it's listed as Bethesda going. So uh, Bethesda better come out swinging because they're gonna have a hard time at E3 uh after the nonsensical nonsense that has been the past year of scandals with Bethesda. So uh, yeah, I think it's just that um, Sony's on the boat early. That- and they're telling you, they're basically, everything Tony's doing right now is telling you that E3 doesn't matter. And that's a big problem when you have the biggest gaming company right now in the world telling you that E3 does not matter. And they're going to have to kind of pivot and make it so it does matter. Well, because see, here's the thing. If Sony comes out swinging now and says E3 doesn't matter, but gets no reception, I guarantee you E3 will come out swinging back. But... Uh, I think Sony can manage to do it. Like yeah. they're they they don't need it. I it sucks because it's great to see everyone in the same week. Uh, but like Dev said, like the industry is changing. So yeah, you can control your message and put it I, out when you want to put it out and not have it get buried yeah. by other stuff. Then do that. I will say they do need to be careful though. Um, do not pull a WB Montreal situation because marketing like that gets old quickly. I am no longer excited for their next image tease. Just tell me when the game's coming. I'm very I think annoyed. At my that. biggest thing with Sony right now, I think, <laughs> I, and I hope they're smart enough to know that if you're going to say we're not doing E3 no more, whenever, whenever you show this console, it has to be big. It has to it has to light people on fire. Oh, it will. It will. It, it will be. When they, lately, their their presentation has been something that they're right home about, to say the least. Like. But those have been just their little, the little direct type things. I mean, it's just like here's a couple of games but, we're working on. That's different than like when you think about. But what even we got the whole, you gotta imagine what we got even for the that whole we're gonna get for PS. Rollout for this console in terms of like, hey, here's this magazine article telling you the specs of the console and things like that. That's not wowing. Mm-hmm. That's gear. It, it's not that's, wowing to you. That's not wowing to you, but to us but it, it is because when like we care specs, about specs, yeah. That gets me hype. That gets the, the gearheads hype. But it also just greases the wheels to let you know, hey, we're working on something. So wow. It also saves them from having to go into detail into that in the event when they actually do finally reveal this console. They don't have to tell you what the specs are because you already know them. Yeah, and you, know, you don't want to hear that no way so they can focus on what it does and the games and why you should buy it instead of you know having this deep dive into specs like they did on the PS4 at Mark Sterling and everybody kind of being like, okay... Fly. But that's fine and all, but like I said, it's, it, ha- it has to wow you. It has to give you that E3 type presentation. I, I like how we gave you a, f- a fully realized answer as to why Sony does, like, is doing what they're doing, and you're no, still going, no, that's fine and all, but here's, here, here's, <laughs> here's what needs to happen. No, X- Xbox has, bent, has shown us that. their console, and wow people with their console, even though I don't know if the feeling of it was like whole, like, lasting long in terms of like, Xbox came out, what that was, Game Awards, and showed us the console, and then said, hey, mm-hmm. Halo is coming out with the console. So we have an idea what Xbox is doing, which is... Okay, but not, we already knew that. What, we knew it was coming. But here's the thing. It's not even coming with the console. Yes. Halo's just coming out, yeah. period, on the Xbox ecosystem. Uh-huh. It'll be playable on Series X and everything else. So I don't really know if that's like, oh, God, but, I, I can't wait for Series uh, X. Also, yeah, but also like... Also, like also, that, that comment Halo that, like, Delvin, that 
Delvin, that's, that's, that's what they said. That's what they said. Or is it just a game that happens to be launching along? Stares Fire. into the camera like she's on the office. Um, <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that uh, that that line there about Halo coming up with a console. We already knew that though. When they revealed Halo Infinite, they said launching next fall with Project but- Scarlet. Like that was literally said when they teased Halo Infinite. We knew it was coming with the new console. But again. It's not a console exclusive. You can play it on the Xbox One. You well, do not need the no Xbox Series console exclusives for Xbox. Halo Infinite. But what I'm saying is... Correct. So, correct. they showed us the box, is that really exciting? You showed us a box. I don't really yeah. care about what the box looks like. Also, you didn't really show us a box till the last few but, seconds of that image, because before it was a see-through again, image. Sony hasn't even shown us that. With, That's my point. We haven't seen nothing. Because Sony Sony doesn't care about the box. Sony cares about what's in the console. Like, what the features it has are. Guess what? We don't know what the features for the Series X are either. So I don't know why you're going with this. Well, we know that it's going to be uh, yes. 4K, 120. Yeah. Up to that's, 4K, well, 240, yeah. possibly. You know. But that's not features. They're that's telling specs, us, They're showing us the box. They're showing us details about the system that we haven't got from PlayStation. That's my point. And... No, but we, we have got, got those details. Only thing we haven't got is what it looks like. Correct. And I understand that. However, there there has been some rumors going around that that horrible V-shaped thing that everybody hates may actually be the design for the PS5. I'll let you guys find uh, that article on your own. Though. No, that's not happening. Good good luck. It wouldn't surprise me. They've gone through a whole lot to actually design a dev kit with a certain type of cooling system that we've also heard that is a very lavish and extravagant, expensive cooling system because they want to be just as quiet as the One X. Um, so there is very strong possibility that we've actually already seen the PS5, we just didn't know it. Highly doubtful. Just, just going to leave that out there and let you guys find that on the internet. <clears throat> so moving along to the next story. Haley, you had a story for us. Take it away. I did. Um, Alright, so uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I got back into the Division 2 this week, and that's because um, on Tuesday it was, uh, I know because I was at work when it was happening, uh, while listening to PSI Love You and uh, KFGD the morning before, uh, Greg Miller had announced that, like, hey, there's big news for the Division 2 coming. Like, can't tell you anything now, but we'll see you tomorrow around 1130 uh, Pacific Standard Time. And uh, and Ubisoft came out swinging. They uh, they dropped the news that we would be going back to New York, uh, for the Division Two. Um, now we already knew we were going back to New York with the third episode of like Year One DLC. We were going to Coney Island, um, which I just played those missions. Those are really fun missions. Actually, they were really great to do. Um. But now we're going back to New York in full. Uh, fully explorable. Um, lower Manhattan. Uh, four boroughs. Uh, this DLC... Well, DLC, I should say. Expansion. Because it's a whole new map. You still are able to go to DC and everything else in, in there. Uh, but you're getting uh, a level cap increase to 40 from 30. You're getting five new main missions. I think four new side missions. Uh, a whole, like, you're tying up the subplot from Division 1 of, like, tracking down the rogue, uh, Agent Aaron Keener, um, who I mistakenly called Greenberg, because I had Teen Wolf on the mind earlier this week. Uh, don't ask me why. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, I think this is what the game needed. 
um, because uh, I bought the year one pass when the Division 2 launched. I bought the Gold Edition, right? And I see, before I even go any further, I see everyone getting mad that they have to buy this expansion if they paid for the Ultimate Edition. But there's no reason to. The Ultimate Edition flat out told you what you were getting. You were getting the year one pass and all and exclusive cosmetics. That's what you were getting. Um, you were not entitled to paid expansions or anything like that. Um, there is a new Ultimate Edition you can buy, and if you have the old Ultimate Edition, it's just like a $30 upgrade, as which is the total cost of the DLC on its own. Um, I personally think that because they brought this out now, it was the perfect reason to bring people in. They've also brought the price of the game down in the US. I don't know about other regions. Um, I already own it, so I can't see the price on PlayStation. But uh, here in Canada, but in the U.S., the game is two ninety nine on every platform. Um, it's a great jumping in point for anybody who's interested or didn't join in last year. Um, I do not know how long this sale is going to last. Um, but if you are interested at all in the division two, uh, jump in now. It's a great time, three dollars. Uh, but again, the reason I say that this did this was the perfect time is because I didn't play any of the year one content. I reached like gear score 499 and uh, and just left. I came back to it for the first time this week. And uh, the fact that this is coming in March was a great jumping in point. I reached 500 the other day, finished that, and I'm working on the plat now because I only have two trophies left. Um, and I don't know, like, Dev, you played in the original year, didn't you? I played for about three hours in Division 2. Okay, and I don't know exactly. if Delvin played at all. It's probably... Okay, like uh, how long hours. did you play for? Okay, so I, I'm the one that put the most time into it. Um, yeah. It just didn't I, capture me. I, I mean, I, like, like, I loved the Division 1, but the story was nonsensical until you got to, like, the end, and it, like, teased uh, Call Sign Vanguard uh, going rogue, which is Aaron Keener. Um... And then there's a bunch of collectibles in, in that one that, like, tell you what he's up to and what's going on. And then in The Division 2, you flat out get, like, a conspiracy theory that the vice president murdered the pre president to become president. So, which is, it's very fun. And all, most of the story in The Division is told through collectibles and, like, environmental details. So, it's very nice. But now we're getting, like, actual stuff. Because, uh, Dev, from your time with Division 2, what of the story can you remember? Uh, none of it. Okay. Like, literally, I played, like, three missions, and I just, I don't know, it just didn't capture me. I think a lot of it is just the gameplay. I don't like that I have to dump clips upon clips upon clips into enemies. Um, if I shoot you in the head, I just want you to die. So, having to unload a full clip into somebody's head, and then having to do it again before they die just kind of takes me out of the game. So, that was my same problem with Division 1. It got too repetitive for me. And the amount of bullets it would take to kill things just kind of drove me nuts. So I didn't play a whole lot of Division. I think I got to like level 16 in D1. And then okay. in Division 2, I think I'm level 3. And yeah. I did like two yeah. missions. It, it so takes a lot It on. takes a lot longer to level up in D Division 2. Now, there's no like pay-to-win leveling system. Like you just level up as you go. Um, but by the end of the campaign, you're pretty close to 30. Uh, I think by the time I finished the campaign, I was level 28 and I only had to like grind a couple missions out to reach 30. And that's when the end game starts and you start getting the strongholds, which are pretty cool. Um, 
like in one of the strongholds, it's the Lincoln Memorial. The other's like uh, the Union Coliseum or something like that. Uh, like it's it's just cool stuff like that. But again, even if though the story is really nonsensical until you get to like the end of Division One, where they're like, "Hey, this is what's happening now," and then you never catch him. Uh, and then you just find collectibles of him taunting you in Division 2. Uh, like, one of the most frequent ones is like, ah, I see you found me. And it's like, how do you even know this? Like, you're clearly not here. You're just leaving collectibles for us to find. But he's, like, taunting you, going, ah, you were late again. You missed me. I'll see you later. And it's just like, now we're actually going to go track him down. So, That's cool. I, I, I don't know. I think it's what the game needed, because clearly... The player base was getting mad. Like, the reason I didn't play any of the year one content as it launched, because it all dropped and I just never played it, is because once you get to 500, there was nothing. Gear score is only going up by 15 in the new expansion, but there's a level cap to go to, which is nice. So. Yeah, yeah I think that we're starting to get to the point where these these MMO games and these, these persistent online worlds are starting to get long in the tooth, where there's just not enough content to really do in the end game. Um, unless you're able to be World of Warcraft. <laughs> and I think that, that we're just not quite there yet on console for, for games like this. They've, to where you get to like the end game and it's just kind of like, okay, there's just not as much to do here. Yeah, like they've got a good foundation. And this is going to tie up the story of the original two divisions. And then I'm... Because for those who aren't aware, in Division 1, essentially you had all of Manhattan to, to explore. And then, like, right after they released, like, the final patch, they added an extra area to New York that made that map a little bigger. I feel like that's what we're going to get here. Because this expansion only adds lower Manhattan. It adds four four boroughs. But then I feel like by the end of, like, year two, we'll have all of New York. Like, all of the Division 1 map to explore. I feel like that's what's going to happen. They'll West Pier it. That would be nice for people who really enjoy that game. I think that... I think for games like this, I think people's expectations end up being a little higher than what the devs can actually do. I think that we need to like lower our expectations on how much game we're actually getting because that's been just like the persistent thing with these these persistent online games, whether it be Destiny or Anthem or Division 2. People get upset because there's just not enough content. And I think that we need to really rethink these kind of games need to go back to the drawing board and decide like how they are going to temper expectations for the amount of content you're going to get. And it's why I think I've been enjoying games that have just been a story where it's not persistently online. Like I've been really enjoying the fact that I play a game to completion and I'm done and there's no long in-game grind of the same stuff over and over again without any actual story or content to it. So Dev, the Destiny guy saying all this, by the way. Yeah. I love World of Warcraft. I love Destiny 2, and I've just I've gotten to the point where like I I'm ready to just get back to playing a game that has a definitive beginning, middle, and end. I've I've gone back to my roots and just after playing Control and and Jedi Fallen Order and now uh, Far Cry and uh, Tomb Raider, I'm just kind of finding my niche again. Where like I like maybe these, maybe these, you should go replay games. Horizon Zero Dawn. Please play that game if you haven't not. I've pl- I played. I, 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 no, no, no. I, I know you've played it. I'm saying like for listeners, me telling Dev to play it. If you have not played Horizon Zero Dawn, please do. It is I, very good. I will say this. Tis. I think, and this is not. I don't think this is going to happen at all. But I think games like Division Two and Destiny 
seems like they're games that are perfect for console launches where there are not that many games out and you get a solid game like a Division or a Destiny to sit there and play with and spend hours and hours of time to play because when, you, when you're playing these games with the time when you have games like The Last of Us and you have so much stuff that's coming out that's going to take your time, it's really hard to get into these type of games because, like I said, there's so much. Even now, especially now, you got like Overwatch, Fortnite. These are, these games have become certain people's lives. Like they play Fortnite all day or they play Apex Legends all day. It's kind of hard to build that marketplace for a game like The Division that requires so much of your time to get the full experience of it. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I feel like if a game like this were to come out with a launch of the PS5 or the Xbox Series X, it would be a, it would probably do big. It would probably be, do really well because, especially if it's polished right, because around those system launches time, there's not that much stuff to play. And now we're kind of at the end of a console generation when there's so much stuff to play and to, and to do for that matter. Do we really have time to sit there and play the division? Unless you're a hardcore division. I feel like the division is one of those games that if you're in the division, you're in the division. That's what you're going to play. You're going to get oh, into I'm it. Into you're going to play through the time. When you hit, see the new drops and stuff come out, you're going to be there. And I don't feel like this update is going to bring in new fans, personally, because I feel like there's so much stuff coming out now. But there isn't. There's literally not that much coming out in March, except for Doom and... Uh... But not Animal even just Crossing. March, just in the next couple of, month, couple of months. You got March, you got Doom, which is a big game. Yeah, but this, this, like, I see where you're coming from. And my counterpoint is this comes out at the beginning of March, and there's nothing till the 20th, where you get Doom and Animal Crossing on the same day, which is very funny seeing all the memes coming up of, like, GameStop with, like, the Doom guy and uh, Isabel from Animal Crossing going... Isabel, one copy of Doom Eternal, please. And the Doom guy going, one copy of Animal Crossing, please. Yeah. <laughs> it's very funny to see. Um, like, that's that's the thing, right? Like, my next big game release, besides Doom, after after March, is Resident Evil 3. And that's Final on April... Fantasy 7. No, that's on April 3rd. Let's go. And, uh, and then I have a whole month to play Warlords of New York. Because I can play Doom in and out of all that, so. Yep, I'll be playing Doom and then Final Fantasy VII until Last of Us. Why you you're you're not you're not gonna play Resident Evil Three? No, I didn't play Resident Evil Two or One. I'm not a Resident hey. Evil guy. Hey, never, Resident Evil Two was fantastic. I got that plat, and I'm gonna get the plat for three. Yeah, I believe it. I've just never been a fan of Resident Evil like that. Like I remember playing the originals, and they, I was just like, eh. And two looks cool, but I just I'm not a, I'm not a horror person. So like the horror genre has never been a big thing for me. It's action horror. It's not pure horror. It may be action horror, but again, like those type of games just never have been a thing that I've really been into. So who knows? Maybe I'll play RE three and I'll be like, oh crap, this is amazing. But you know, my playtime is super limited, so yeah, I don't think I will. I think there's soon. so much. Games is coming out that are almost fit for everyone. Like, you know, if you like these mm-hmm. fast-paced shooter games, you got Doom. If you want to play a RPG action game, you got Final Fantasy coming out. If you want to play a survival horror game, you got Resident Evil 3 coming out. There's so much stuff coming out that's going to take yeah. people's marketplace. Even even yeah. Animal Crossing, for that matter. If you want to play a game like Animal Crossing, that's coming out really soon. There's so much stuff coming out. And I feel like when people hear the name The Division, even though it's a new update and stuff, they just, they've already played that in their head. They're like, oh, old game's old. 
and I feel like the audience that's there for the division yeah. is going to be there for the division. It's, and it almost never like really increases unless they have certain moments where it happens. Like I think um, Rainbow Six Siege kind of had a resurgence and stuff like that. But for the most part, doesn't really you don't really see these large audiences just flock to a game for expansions. Even if they do, it's not it's never really finite. Yeah, it's like, oh, there's a new expansion, so I'm even further behind. I think you also yeah. have that type of gamer who's like, oh, I didn't even finish the regular stuff, and now you've got new stuff. It's well, just see, more stuff for me to see, try that's to figure the out bonus. and jump into. When you get Warlords of New York, there's an instant bump you can get to level 30 to just start the new content. Yeah, and while that's good, some people really enjoy that, but other people are like, but yeah. then I'm just lost. Like, I have no idea what's going on. I've been boosted all the way to this in end game, but I don't even understand the ins and outs of the game or the, or the cadence of the game or how the gear works. So there's also the, the learning curve of understanding how the game yeah. plays. Which I think is a turnoff for a lot of people. Well, I will say Warlords of New York will totally um, rework how gear works in this game in general because uh, that, that needs to be fixed. So. Which is typical of pretty much any MMO type game. You get an expansion... And now gear has changed, and the way things drop, and the way things are equipped, and you've got all these these changes to a game that already has a deep system that you have to learn. Um, so I think that that's another like kind of block for people who haven't played it to get into it. So we'll see. I think that people are really I, from the from what I've seen, the division community is very excited about this, and you've got a lot of lapsed players thinking, "Oh, cool, something for to for me to jump back into the division." So we'll see how, how, how it takes off. I think people are excited, and I think it'll do well. Um, I will maybe jump into it, but we'll see. I know Donnie is like trying to get, he's like, ah, let's, let's get back into this, and so has, um, oh, God, Garrett. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see. Could yeah. be cool. I mean, Could I'm back good. into it, and I'm definitely picking up Warlords of New York. I mean, that's why I put the story in here in the first place. So. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. All right, Delvin. Regale us with tales of uh, okay. What um, you have for us? <laughs> if you go, well, you can go on any site right now. But right now, I got the story off of um, Gamespot. The, t- the Nintendo and Sony PlayStation prototype is currently at three hundred and fifty thousand dollars on the auction site. Now, if you want to guys look look this up, you can go on the Twitter for the auction site. Is um, it's called? I think it's called. It just disappeared. Hold on one second. It's called Heritage Auctions. It's all right and. This right. is this nuts. Like I said, the bidding for this is crazy and rampant. And for those who don't know, this is supposed to be the original prototype for the Nintendo PlayStation that was, to, that was unveiled at the Consumer Electronics Show in 1991. But um, Nintendo backed out the arrangement, so it didn't happen. And there were originally there were 200 prototypes of it, but all of them got destroyed except this one. So this is by everybody's logic the only one that's available right now. So people are going crazy. It, isn't this also yes, a working prototype? It's a working as well? prototype. Mm-hmm. So yeah. right now, out of all people who's winning the bidding, Pablo Lucky is winning the bidding at three hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars. <coughs> all I have to say about this is it belongs in a museum. Thank you, Jared Petty, for the perfect uh, gift quote for this. Uh, it's an image of Harrison Ford saying it belongs in a. <laughs> yeah. In so a uh, Pablo Lucky is um, winning the bidding. And for those who don't know, Pablo Lucky created Oculus. So um, mm-hmm. this is this is insane. I, I, when, I, when I brought this to the table, I want to ask you guys: One, do you think any 
gaming console, whether it's console or memorabilia, is worth this amount of money because it's ideally probably going to go up in price. The bidding's still going on until like Wednesday. Yeah. I think. And it's going to obviously go up in price and things like that. But do you think there's any type of video game memorabilia or anything that you can think of off the top of your head that would be worth this type of money? I how can't the, think of how, anything how, this rare. I think about, this is how about so the power glove? rare. The power glove isn't rare. Like you can find a power glove. That's just it. This is the not, only... not here. You can't. But you can find one. That's my point. Like you can go online and find power gloves. No problem. This is the only one of these things in existence. So I think that there's nothing out there right now, gaming related, that we know of. Hot take, what if Sony comes in with the with the final moment, bids on it, and then just destroys it? Possible. Possible. Very possible. But yeah, I don't think there's anything else gaming-related that I can think of that I know of that's this rare in existence that could garner this kind of uh, bid what, or money. What about that Saints Row 4 like, collector's edition that included like a $1 million... Uh car or something like that i forget what it was but there's like a couple collector's editions out there there's also like a dying light one that included like a bunker somewhere out in the scandinavian region or something like that i forget what it was but like there's like these super they always make these like really super expensive deluxe editions of games and it's like who who is this for who's who's buying this this whole thing is fascinating (laughs) because whoever buys this it's almost no way they're going to get their money back. So it's kind of like a a show-off thing. Yeah. Like a, a power play. Which, again, this belongs and in a museum. don't have that type of money to pay for it. <laughs> this belongs Museums in a museum. Based off donations. Somebody can, he can, I mean, who knows, probably like he may donate it to like the, the, there's a video game museum in New York. Maybe he'll donate it to that after he's done, you know, enjoying it i mean i this is one of those things where you just buy to be like yeah i have the only existing thing it's, it's this is rich stuff for rich yeah it's, as far as i'm concerned it's not really the gaming elite that are going to be able to be like yeah this is just rich nonsense yeah and i don't think there's even any games that can play on it like is there any games that they that come with it's not, nothing it comes with so you're just basically owning a box yeah unless you can find unless there's you know prototypes games out there somewhere like i think video game enthusiasts will appreciate this type of thing but it's not something that you, that you can bid on unless you have that kind of money and if you have that kind of money are you really a gamer per se i mean i don't know i don't know it's, it's one of those things that i think will be interesting and then whoever wins it wins it and either they'll post videos of it being played or how it works if they if they have actual games that actually work for it but i think the idea and knowing that it exists is cooler than the actual yes. like physical box. I think it's a cool system. It looks cool. It kind of is a relic of the past. and It, I, it makes me wonder mm-hmm. what would have happened if Sony and, and Nintendo really did this team up and went all the way with it and came out with their own console. Like, How would we even mm-hmm. have a PlayStation today? I think that's why this article is important because exactly. the whole other future, we probably could, didn't even have, this probably would have been a Nintendo podcast. Very possible. Very possible. Could have it could've it had the potential to completely change the direction that gaming went in. If Ben Stone didn't back out of the deal. Who knows where we'd be right now. Although I will say I'm very glad they did. Yeah, I think them backing out the deal 
helped us in the long run in terms of because I, I can't imagine a future without Sony video games and mm-hmm. it's great that we have the anchors of Nintendo and Sony for that matter I feel like it, at one point we had Sega and Nintendo and Sega kind of slowly died off yeah well Sega kind of tooted its own horn too much and then yeah. went over a cliff and is is barely like Live, limping yeah, on at this point. I feel like we always ah, need course, that Sega. Yang to the Yin. We will, yeah. we will miss that. Sega. <laughs> like we get it on certain games they have, but I feel like Sony is kind of the perfect answer to Nintendo in terms of how Nintendo, especially now, Nintendo games are fun. They're more kid oriented. They're great. They're super quality. Where PlayStation has more mature games like God of War and The Last of Us stuff like that. So I, mm-hmm. it feels like it's the best of both worlds for both of these consoles out there. And I feel like Xbox is on the cusp of that too, in yeah. terms of they have the more Americanized, mature games too. And I I don't really see a future without these three consoles out there. Yeah. When I look at it, I look at it like this PlayStation and Sony picked yes. up the mantle for Sega. And Xbox and Microsoft picked up the mantle yes. for Atari. And I feel like all three are necessary. I don't like I do not want to see a future without mm-hmm. any of these consoles. I know people are always saying, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if Sony just developed for Xbox or Nintendo or something? I don't I wouldn't want to see that. I want I would like to see the competition there. I like to see Sony Same here. prosper. I like to see <coughs> Xbox prosper. I like to see Nintendo prosper. Competition yes. makes the market wonderful. Because I feel like yeah. if we had one console, they can kind of do what they want, and who knows whether we'd be gamers. Like, if there was only Sony, and they were like, hey, our console is $600, who's right. stopping them from making their next console $700 and $800? Exactly. And then a lot of us probably couldn't afford that, so it may just stay this little niche thing that only certain people can afford. And the fact that we have this kind of checks and balance system where you have a Sony, like, hey, it's $600 and Microsoft said, no, our system's $400. And if Sony has to kind of like fix that, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so if you want to go buy this, go on, you can go on this website and go place a bid. Heritage auctions. Go bid. And push the, yeah, push, push the, push the, the bid up. <laughs> The bidding increments are at $500 a piece and there's a 20% buyer's premium attached. So not only do you have to pay the $350,000 or whatever it is at the time, you have to pay a 20% premium. Jeez. Well, it'll be interesting to see where it lands, what it finally goes for and who actually picks it up. And uh, we'll just keep you updated. Yeah, sweet. Okay, so our final topic, the topic of the week, we've kind of already discussed. Um, it's just PlayStation and their manufacturing woes for price of the PS5. So, in an article from the Ver- the Verge, and I'm sure people have already talked about this and seen this, that Sony is battling to keep the PlayStation Five price down. As as Donnie's question alluded to. Um, they're having an issue basically with, you know, the prices of the, the, the components going up 
because RAM, the VRAM that they're using and everything, the prices for that are always kind of in flux. So right now they're looking at 450 at the build cost. And that's not, you know, considering packaging and the marketing and everything else going into the PS5 and how much it may cost. You also have the whole coronavirus thing that's actually causing a little bit of issue with supply because a lot of the components are, you know, made in China. So we're we're wondering, like, you know, what's the cost going to be of the PS5? Is there going to be a delay? Is there going to be a small shipment? What's going to happen with the PS5? What's going to be the price? There, There's talk about there was supposed to be a mirrorless camera going to be bundled in with it. And that's probably going to be taken out of the actual box now um, to try to keep costs down. Um, and we still haven't heard anything. There's also a report that they're working on a new, a new PSVR headset that was going to be released after the PS5. You got to wonder how much stock of that is going to be. Are they going to have to push that out just because components aren't available? What's going to be the additional price of that? So we've got all these, these, these wonderful like fluctuations in supply, supply chain prices. We've got the coronavirus possibly limiting stock. This could be a catastrophe of a launch for both Sony and Xbox in the fall, depending on the prices of their components and if the coronavirus actually causes any kind of delay in actual Let me explain to people what's happening with the coronavirus and things like that, because I think people are kind of getting confused and they're thinking, oh, the PS5 is going to come with the coronavirus on it. No, that's <laughs> not the case. The case is that um, <laughs> workers can't come to work. Okay, hold on. I don't think anyone actually thought that their console would come with the coronavirus on it. They thought that's they not how that works. They You'd thought there was a chance that could happen. What's happening You'd is that because there are certain areas in China that are being quarantined because of the virus, workers can't come to work, thus they can't make PS5s. Mm-hmm. And that's where mm-hmm. the people are having the issue with the shortages and things like that. And at this point in time, they are becoming yep. more and more sectors and people being quarantined off because they're trying to get a a handle on this virus that is kind of spreading everywhere and it's very dangerous when you have a billion people in the country and you have this life-threatening virus spreading everywhere so China's kind of do their, trying to do their best to not have people in factories <laughs> kind of making these consoles where one of them may have the virus and spread it to everybody in the factory so it's, it's a kind of touchy situation in terms of that hopefully they will have it fixed in time for these consoles to get made, but truthfully speaking, these consoles should be getting made really soon, so it's very possible that we can mm-hmm. could see a delay in the system being made because of this, this virus. Yeah. I doubt it. I doubt and it. And the I component th- shortages just push up the, the, the price of the actual components, which is the other issue. You've already got a, a shortage of components, and then possibly another shortage because of the virus can just drive the price up even more. Yeah. And I, I'm curious, where does Microsoft make their consoles at? A lot China. of the yeah, a lot of the See, parts are made in China. That's good. Which is why I said it, it can it can be a disastrous launch for both of them just because there's gonna be a lack of components possibly. And that can be a huge problem, especially if um we don't get the consoles made when they're supposed to be made. Like I said, these consoles are, are probably gonna start going to production really soon. If I were to take a guess. Yeah. Uh 
they should already be in production. I was going to say that the, the Microsoft yeah. one probably is already in production as we speak. If I would take a guess, I don't know if the Sony was in it is or not. Uh, I'm imagining the PS5 is in production as well. That the problem is there just may be a shortage of consoles, just because there's a short of shortage of components, which then drives the price up because you're going to get the flippers, man. The same way we got with the PS3, people were buying the PS3, there was a shortage of them, and then they were flipping them for like double and triple the price. So you may run into something like that as well, where there's a, a shortage. And it's not like a, like, you know, how Nintendo sometimes they say that they create a shortage to drive a buzz. There may actually just be an actual shortage of consoles, and that's going to drive the, the, the market value up, you know, on you know, eBay and things of that, things of that nature are going to get the people coming in trying to resell them as well, which it just could be, it could be a crazy, crazy launch, just depending on what all happens with the components and actually getting these things into production and then out. Yeah. And I th- <coughs> Especially if they launch at a ridiculous yeah, I, price. I think you know? that they have to get yeah. out by holiday this year. I feel like this holiday season is baking on these systems being out. I feel like there's, games that are supposed to come out around that time that many people have invested a lots of money into because they want to, these games to come out with their console launches. And if these systems don't come out at that time, it's going to be a huge problem. You know what's funny? It might not be for, for Microsoft because all their games will work on the Xbox. So you're going to have people to be like, eh, I still get the game on Game Pass and I'm not you know tripping because my games aren't being delayed. Yeah, sure, maybe, maybe the Xbox... Series X comes out later, but at least I'm not, you know, not able to play the games I want to play because I've already got an Xbox. So that'll also be a very, very interesting conversation if something happens to delay the systems. Microsoft, then at least the games aren't being delayed. And if you're waiting for my, for Halo Infinite and you really want to play it on Series X, at least you'll be able to play it on your One X. And then when Series X releases, you'll still have the game and you'll be able to see what it looks like yes. on the brand new stuff. But what I'm hearing, I don't know how true this is or not, I'm hearing that there are next-gen exclusive games. They're just not first-party. I think they're third-party next-gen exclusive games. Well, that was a given. So we knew that was The question is, happen. what would they do to those type of games? Like the Call of Duties? Well, they would just not release. If the console was coming out with a console exclusive... From, say, Ubisoft, say the next Assassin's Creed, which is probably cross-gen, just before everyone gets up there. I think most Um, of the games will be cross-gen. I don't think there's going to be very many next-gen-only titles coming out next year. That's what my question was. I don't think there's going to be very many. We only know but I'm Yeah, next fall. And I'm just, just putting this out there, just as an example. If Assassin's Creed, let's say was a console exclusive to the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, like, it could only run on those, and, of course, PC, um, it would just not come out if the consoles didn't. Like, if, if for some reason the consoles got delayed till next year, the game would just also be delayed till next year. That's what would yep. happen, because the mm-hmm. game could not be downscaled and still run properly. Yeah. If, it was develop- if it was developed for next-generation hardware, like PS5 specifically... And Xbox Series X specifically, it could not be downscaled to work on a PS4 properly. You could probably get it to run, but I'm not sure it would have the same stability or frame rate or yeah, anything like that. Yeah, that's the problem I'm, I'm having with it in terms of like, a lot of these companies depend on that holiday money. <laughs> so not to have that come in, yeah. yeah, I think Ubisoft companies like that will be okay. But they're, 
Uh, Ubisoft will not be. Ubisoft needs this year to yeah. be perfect, or they were subject to another takeover from Vivendi. They've staved them off once, but if they fail this year, Vivendi is right to just <coughs> well, come in go, and they... take everything back. I think Ubisoft is fine because all their games are coming out for cross generation, anyways. There's nothing that they're releasing that's only going to be PS5 or Series X. Everything that they're dropping is yeah, so both. They, they should be fine, but if there's any exclusive games. If they're baking on this holiday season and they're like, hey, your game's not coming this holiday season, that's going to be hard, to say the least. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see what happens over the next couple of months leading into E3. Um, hearing about, you know, the production, if we get the actual, you know, announcement for the PS5, we probably won't hear a price until E3. Um so these next couple of months, it'll be interesting to see how the conversation changes and what happens with the components and if the coronavirus continues to get worse, if we start to get shortages from manufacturing in China, if they just push the manufacturing to somewhere else like maybe India or something like that. It'll be it'll just be a fun one to watch and see what happens and how the, the conversation changes over the few months leading into E3. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be really interesting to see how this turns out. I'm excited. I'm I'm super excited for the PS5. I'm just I uh, I want more info. I can't wait. Day to one, right it. here. My 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 friend was already like, "Wait, you're gonna buy it without knowing what it is?" I'm like, "Hell yeah, I'm gonna buy it without knowing what it is." That's me. I'm the Sony girl. What do you yeah. expect? Yeah, I can't wait. I'm super hyped. I I can't wait for the reveal. I'm super hyped for the reveal it's, to find it's out what, what it's what my be. it's what my profit share from work is going to. So again, like back to our. Like, can it be 600 uh, I mean, I know I'm one of the rare few, but I don't care what the price is. I can pay it. So. Yeah. If it's $600, i would probably be waiting. I think 500 is definitely my limit. Yeah, 500 is definitely what I'd prefer to spend, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I didn't get a PS3 at launch because it was 600 I had to wait a bit. Um, yeah. And it'll be the same way if the PS... The PS5 uh, uh, is $600, i will be waiting for a minute. I probably will not get that at launch just because that price is yeah, a little rough when you're a parent you got to think about that around that holiday season you got to think hey, maybe yep. i should not spend the six hundred dollars on myself and get gifts for my family exactly 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 all right so that'll do it for our news of the week Ooh, I'm very excited to hear Dev read some of these drop titles. Yeah, see, about reading these drop titles, in the interest of time, I'm probably not going to read them all. But, um... Oh, I don't expect you to read them all. I just want to hear your reactions to some of them. We've got the drop. New games coming on the 18th. We've got some goodens. We've got Bayonetta and Vanquish, the 10th anniversary launch, so we're getting the original Bayonetta and Vanquish. Um... Released on PS4, um, these were games that were pretty, uh, you know, highly rated. People really loved the Bayonetta franchise, and I've heard nothing but good things about Vanquish. So having them, you know, come for the 10th anniversary of them in a dual pack, I think is going to be very exciting for a lot of people. I think a lot of people will play these games for the first time. I may actually play these both of these games for the first time, because I didn't play either one of them on PS3, or any other system for that matter. So I'm, I'm kind of excited for that. We've also got, you know, such things as the Autobahn Police Simulator. Didn't one just come out? I thought what? that already came out. Didn't I'm saying, I, didn't... I feel like one just came out, right? 
Yeah, we like, talked about it like a I know week or I read two ago. Already, did it right? did it did it get like pushed back and just come out now instead? I guess I don't know. I was like, wait a minute. Autobahn Police again, Simulator 2. The trailer for this looks awful, by the way. Yes, I'm playing this. <laughs> the shovelware that we get on here. We've also got something called Bullet Sorrow VR. Bullet uh, Sorrow VR what? is an FPS VR game, which also contains full story single stages to discover. Using progressive bullet time abilities and a bunker cover system. Bullet Sorrow VR. So for all the... Yes, yeah, so all, your, all your, your VR folks out there, you've got some... Bulletstorm game that looks. So you're gonna shoot people and cry. Crazy. Gotcha. We've got the wonderful <laughs> DCL the game, not DLC. DCL. What does game. that even mean? I'm gonna tell you. Experience firsthand the world of professional drone pilot. DCL combines oh the adventures of free flight with a thrill of high speed racing. Choose between different flight modes that guide new players from novice flyers to professional drone pilots. Do you have what it takes? So for everybody who's ever wanted to uh, pilot a drone but couldn't afford to buy one, now you can uh, buy the game and become what a, is professional a professional drone, drone flyer. Also, so, also, DCL sounds like the Delvin Cox League. That's a good idea for the league. <laughs> so to be perfectly honest, this is actually probably a really good thing for people who want to get into piloting drones. If you actually can get a drone pilot's license, it is something that you can get paid a lot of money for. Um, with the movie industry, they do do a lot of uh, filming and footage using drones now. So if you can actually pilot a drone well, you can actually get paid a lot of money for it. It's for people who don't know that. It's, it's actually yeah. a pretty big thing now where they're, like industries are looking for people to be able to actually pilot drones. And if you have your drone pilot's license, it, it can be a very lucrative endeavor for you. Yeah, you could be making uh, six-figure sums real quick. Mm-hmm. Then we have the Double Dragon and Kunokun Retro Brawler Bundle. Oh, no more The Adventures of Double O Dilly? No more Double O Dilly, but now you can uh, play 15 different Kunokun titles. A lot of these have been released in North America. Oh yeah, I mean I'm a this I'm is a basically fan of all Dragon. like all the Double Dragon oh. games and all the I think it's River City Ransom games. Mm-hmm, that's what in one like. package. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can play the original version or the quality <laughs> up version. <laughs> so that'll that'll be cool for people who have that little retro nostalgia vibe. Um, you've got something called Draugen. It's a single player first person Fjord Njor mystery set in 1920s Norway. Yeah. You've got Showdown the Hunt for the people who love those those little uh what are they called? Oh god, I can't think of what they're called. Stuff like um v- Vampire. Oh, I have a friend who loves these games. Not Vampire. It's it's uh it's kind of like a battle royale, but I think it's like two on oh, two. There's okay. PvE, PvP. So just from the the type the, the the little blurb, it's savage, nightmarish monsters roam the Louisiana swamps, and you are part of a group of rugged bounty hunters bound to rid the world of their ghastly presence. Hunt's competitive match-based gameplay mixes PvP and PvE elements to create a uniquely tense experience where your life, your character, and your gear are always on the line. So basically, you drop in this game in squads of two, and you're, everybody is trying to find this one monster. It's a, it's a bounty to find this one monster. And as you're roaming around, you're running into PvP, so you're going to run into the other teams. You're also running into other monsters, and the, the goal is to... Find this one, this one monster, kill it, get the bounty, and then get to an extraction zone. 
before the so other this is two. like that. So it's a pretty popular like game on game. PC. What's the game with the monster you have to go hunt down and kill? I can't remember the name of that game. I kind of want to. It's kind of like Dead by Daylight, kind of in that genre. Um, ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you've got like in Dead in Dead by Daylight, you have one person who's the hunter, and then you have all of these other. You have I think four other characters who are trying to escape. So it's kind of similar to that, except you're going to kill the monster and then try to you know extract your bounty. Um, without evolve. being killed That's by the teams. Kind of, oh, yeah, kind of yeah. like evolve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rip to evolve. Yeah. So those are just a couple of the games coming to the PlayStation Network on the 18th. Some good stuff, some interesting stuff, some random stuff. Get your game on. So last week we had a question for you guys. Do you remember what it was, Haley? Because it was your question. Oh, yeah. What uh, what kind of game would you make if you if you could make any game you like? And uh, Paul Calico answered. Yeah. He said he'd make a GTA Starlink hybrid for a PS5 I'd play it. game. <coughs> I mean, I would too. I don't, I don't even know what Starlink really is. Starlink was on the. It came to yeah, everything, didn't it? It's it came to everything, but it's like it was it was on the Nintendo Switch. It had like a Star yes. Fox tie-in. It mm-hmm. was the best Star yeah. Fox game to come out that wasn't Star Fox. That's the best way to describe it. It should have been a Star Fox game. That's what how uh, Starlink was because I have it. If you play, if you play it on PlayStation it and Xbox, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't it, it feels generic as hell. But on Switch, it fits right in because you're playing at Star Fox. I don't know why you. And basically, what it is is it's like those Disney Infinity games, but with spaceships oh, instead. Okay. So you kind of just make and customize your yeah. spaceship. All right. Yes. And the Nintendo version had you could buy the Star Fox ship. I'll buy the Star Fox ship and send it three million miles into space. But you could have got it for like the low, low price of seven dollars. Yeah, that's what I got. That's what I spent for it. I don't have I don't have a Nintendo Switch, so there's no reason for me to buy it. Well, it's it's good. The the ship the ship itself looks cool just to have it out for decoration. Don't lie, that's what I use it for. Yeah, I have it on my desk at work. I don't have the room for that. Yeah, well, there is that. <laughs> so that was our answer. Does anybody have a question they want to pose to the audience? No, uh, what? You didn't think of what I had? I did not. I didn't either. Wow. Delvin, it's you. your turn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what podcast oh, should Delvin make? <laughs> I, have, I have a question <laughs> for everybody. My question is this. If you could bring back any video game console for a new version. Like Atari's making a new new Atari right now. God knows why. What company would you want to bring back? Like, would you bring back Sega? Would you bring back Atari, which no. is already coming out? Would you bring back ColecoVision? Who would you want to see a current-gen console from? Ooh. Who would we revive from the dead for a new console? I, I have an answer. That's not an no answer. <laughs> let, history, let history be history. In television. <laughs> oh my god. Could you imagine? It's funny you should mention that. I almost bought a ColecoVision yesterday because GameStop sells ColecoVision. Oh they have like ColecoVision systems for like 20 bucks now. And that was the first wow. system I played a video game on. Dope. So I almost bought one. Yeah, the first one I played was in television. 
Yeah, definitely. Good times. So yeah, let us know if you could revive uh, a system I mean, from the dead. What would it be? Is Atari making a new console right now? No, or are Atari's, they making hotels? Atari's lying their butt off. They're saying both. they're making a current-gen console, but we have not seen anything of this console. But they keep saying, yeah, it's coming out, because me and Chaffee, when we first started news, we, we immediately signed up for it. Yeah, did, did you not see that they're also making yes, hotels they are. in Las Vegas? Absolutely. We're go- that's going to be PSV Meetup. Watch. Oh, God. It's probably going <laughs> to smell like cigarettes and dead dreams. <laughs> so Vegas, yeah. <laughs> what what would the alcohol at that bar even it's be like? like vision. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that would work, but you know what? Yeah, you sold me on it. It's probably gonna be very strong because PSV meetup. You can throw a toy at a wall and it won't affect it at all. It still work just fine. Oh my god, those things were made of. They were indestructible. Hey, hey, they're like a Nokia. Pretty much. All right, so that's gonna do it for episode nineteen of the PlayStation Experience. Hey, hey, you know, you know what's even funnier? This is now our longest episode, two weeks in a in a row. Yeah, (laughs) it would have gone longer if I didn't cut out. (laughs) All right, so we hope you enjoyed yourself. Uh, Let us know what you thought of the episode. Feel free to holler at us over on the Twitters at PlayStation XP. Stop by our Discord at PSVG Discord. I don't even just. Discord, you can find us. Find us yeah. on Discord at PSVG. We exist. Come holler at us. Come make our, our room as live as a shack, which is pretty much impossible. They are always talking in there. It is insane. I They'll talk at away. 2 in the morning, and it's hey, it's I'm astounding. Not, I'm not yeah, hating. It's amazing. Shaq, do your thing. It's amazing. Yeah, Shaq is, Shaq is lit. Always. Please um, come make the PlayStation channel just as lit. Yeah, it, 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 it can happen. You know, come holler at us. Talk some trash. Make Delvin actually show yeah. up and stay a while. Stay a while and listen. Um, other than that, let the people know where they can find you and what you're working on, Haley. Uh, you can find me on twitch.tv slash Haley Zarell. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Shepard Zarell. And you can add me on your gaming platform of choice, uh, whether it be Xbox or PlayStation, at uh, Haley Zarell. Uh, what you can find me working on is, uh, work this week, actually. Uh, it's work, looking work, like work, work, work. the next time I can stream will be Thursday, Friday. Um, and that's, uh, that's pretty much it for the week. Uh, hours are going up, guys, so streams are gonna, I, I don't even really have a concrete schedule I can give you, um, cause this week I work Thursday, Friday, but next week I only have Friday off, so it's like, what's happening? <laughs> um, we'll figure it out, though. Still going to get back to streaming. I really, that's what I want to focus on. Goal for the year is to reach affiliate status, so. Nice. What about you, Delvin? What many, many wondrous things are you working on? You can on find me on the streets fine. of Gotham with the, with the gun that killed my parents, <laughs> melting it down, turning it into. <sighs> I'm very glad we didn't bring that up because, Del, because Delvin thinks that's stupid, but it no, actually it makes perfect sense. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why it doesn't yes, make sense. Yes, it does. Because if he took the gun from the crime scene, how are they ever going to find the person who killed their parents? Because everybody already knows who killed his parents, and the point being is that the police were in league with who did it. Have you yes. read a Batman comic but ever, how, sir? How is, uh, let's how not tangent. Young, where can the where can the people find you? Just take a gun from a crime scene. 
He didn't though. He got it years later from Commissioner say, yeah, Gordon. I'm pretty sure he it took doesn't it later. matter. I don't think he, he, not master he didn't took he didn't from he the didn't, crime scene. He didn't take it. Commissioner Gordon gave it to him per Batman's request. <laughs> I'm gonna say something. Never mind. <laughs> hey, so so Kevin, how about that explicit tag? Because I know I what Delvin so was about to say. Tag coming here. Find me on Twitter at Delvin underscore Cox, nope. where you can argue with me about the fact of how dumb that really is, and him and his bat shield gun gun crap, whatever. It worked in the comic book. It doesn't work in a movie. Fight me. It looks cool. No, no, it doesn't. Lord have it mercy. It looks dumb. No, it doesn't. Well, that's a topic for another show. You can find me pretty much everywhere at Dad Ninja Dev on all of your consoles of choice, as well as on the internets. Feel free to holler at me, talk some trash, or whatever. I'm here. And with that, long live play.